I'd bet majority of y'all are all here for different reasons. Some of y'all caught wind of the punch brand from hearing me rap, seeing me perform, even know about the songwriting, seeing me interview legends and legends and even more legends. Some know me from tour. Some know me from working the festival circuit. Others know me as a celebrity DJ. When I got leverage, I made sure I brought up new artists to the platform. I use my powers for good. Some call me the plug to the net. I make sure I was that bridge for the new guys. I've met a lot of people in this culture. Some extremely successful in their lane. Others even iconic. I've sat in every single seat that this game has to offer. And with that said, comes a new perspective. A different perception of everything that we've always known. The most authentic vantage point you've ever heard. In that breath, I present to you the Truth Hurts Podcast. You're welcome. Yo, you already know what it is, man. It's the boy Punch. This is the Truth Hurts Podcast. The Truth Hurts. It's such an easy saying. It's so common, but it means so much. The Truth Hurts. It stings. I'm just tired of seeing the mask over too much. I'm tired of the sheets covering it. They tightening up the blinds. I'm fed up. I know y'all are fed up. So I just thought, why not talk about the culture, talk about life a little bit, a little bit of entrepreneurship, mixed in with a little bit of music, life, might sprinkle on anything, and like pop culture, you know, dance around it. But in reality, I just want to keep it real. I don't want to hear no more bullshit. I don't want to hear no more PR summaries. I know a little bit more. In the podcast that I've done, in the interviews that I've done, everybody always is interested in how much... Like, fun little facts that I know. So, let's just say that now we got a home for all of the stories. Um, I took in a couple questions from people this week, just randomly on Insta Live. Hit me up on a DM, anything that they've been asking me for the last couple. So, I'm going to open up the first episode like that. And as soon as we're going to start Insta live in, uh, I don't know, Snapchat, just anything to kind of get it uh, more interactive with y'all. But again, it's the first episode, Truth Hurts, and um, I'm Punch. If you here, you probably know who I am, and if not, you get to know me as we proceed. But I think the first place to start is the question I get asked every time I'm in the grocery, the barber, Burger King, McDonald's. I don't know where else I could be. I could be at a stoplight, and some of you niggas to be like, yo, why isn't so-and-so record number one on the charts? So I guess everybody's focus nowadays is Billboard. So let's talk about Billboard. Let's talk about the impact of how a song charting changes everything for an artist. So, let's start from the top of the summer. For the first time in a very long time, a song that was number one was not a pop record. It was not a rap record. It wasn't an R&B record. Shit, it wasn't even an EDM record. It's a Latin record. Shout out to Louis Fonzi, that whole Despacito with Justin Bieber on it. And I think um, Daddy Yankee is on, the, is on the feature. You know what I mean? It's super crazy. Um, yeah, I got my accent right. You know, it's good. You got to say it's Junkie. You know how it go. That's his name. You know what I mean? I got Jesso with me. He go jump in and out, you know, whatever he want to. But um, it hurt. It hurt our culture, to be really honest, because French Montana had Unforgettable with Sway Lee. We all know it. We all loved it. We all saw Shiggy and Fatboy make that the video viral. We all loved the record. Sway Lee Monster Hook amazing song but the height that that song hit was number two so when we finally had a record that could take over all of the culture and take over this whole joint the best we got was number two 
when we know that record should have been number one, but this Despacito record is ridiculous because it's on every pop station, it's on every urban station, and it's on every Latin station. Shit. It's a lot of traction. So with that, the amount of plays, and having this kid named Justin Bieber on it might have been a little bit of an extra piece of frosting for it. So, you know what I mean? Um, not here nor there. The French record couldn't hit number one. Now, y'all might be like, well, the French record is dope. But I'm going to tell you like this. If that French record would have hit number one, the amount of income, even, even from the number two to one, would have drastically affected the record. Now, a lot of y'all, to be really honest, the record kind of cooled down crazy. You know, everybody was like, yo, French is on fire, you know. But, look, let, let's be honest for a moment. Let's give, let, let's give one of the first times I'm going to do it. The truth hurts. The people don't love French as much as they love French Montana's music. If the people loved French Montana as much as they love French Montana music, he'd be a drastically different artist. I think that, um, I think a lot of people are still on the fence with French. Even though he's a New York favorite, even though he's been in the game so long, people are still like on the fence with buying into French totally. I mean, I see it all the time. Nobody's ever like, French is my favorite artist, but every single person loves his music, loves his songs, loves what he does for the club, the features, everything. He's brought us anthems from the start, heart and the pain, ain't worried about nothing, freaks, pop that. I mean, the list goes on. French has hits, but we're not loving French as much. And I think that that was a big separation between French being number two and number one as well. Because when that video needed to get clicked on and that record needed to be just street and French as itself, like, it's like nobody was there to really push it over to the top. But Despacito was still a monster, so I can't really knock one of those. Now we jump into another record that we got. And Despacito was still the number one fucking record by the time this record comes out. Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. Now, the trendiest thing on the internet now is get Cardi B the number one. I love it. Get Cardi B the number one is the first female artist in 22 or 23 years. I don't remember the fact where a solo artist is going to be number one because Rihanna's done it. I know Nicki's done it, but they all have features every time that they was there uh, since Lauryn Hill to be a uh, number one record. Now, I'm with all of the shits. I'm with anything that's going to make hip hop get concreted into this culture, into this uh, way of life. I want us to control everything. Shoot me. Pop stars have had it long enough. Rock stars have had it long enough. I'd love to see rap stars run the whole world. So I'm always for all the shits. But when Cardi was pushing up those charts, it was unbelievable. Like, the speed. I mean, Cardi jumped in at like 70, then jumped to 40, then jumped to 20, then Cardi B was in the top 10. It was just astronomical. Now Cardi B is the number two song in the country. When Cardi B jumped up to number two, Despacito finally left. But the problem, Taylor Swift pops out of nowhere. And now Taylor Swift is number one. Do I think Cardi's going to make number one? The truth hurts. I don't think that we're going to be able to do it. Taylor Swift's fan base is astronomical. It's literally unfair. Her video came out. She did 55 million plays in a day. Like, okay, like, I need you to hear me. She did 55 million plays in like a day and change. All right. Now, if this was Cardi B's 10th hit record, just like how this is Taylor's 10th hit record, I think that with this momentum, Cardi would have took it. But we're looking at the rookie of the year against an MVP caliber. It's just very, very, very difficult for Cardi to do this. Will Cardi do it? I believe in my heart, but truth hurts. It looks like Taylor's going 
clinch up. She's only had it for two weeks. Taylor usually has it for practically three, four months. It's unfair. Unless Katy Perry coming out of something crazy, which she do got, which she does have a record, but we're talking about Titans here. And Cardi B is building up her strength. So shouts out to Cardi B and everybody over there. That's dope. I also want to talk about this. One of the questions that came up was the difference of artists independent versus when artists sign to attack something like Billboard or to attack radio. Now, this should stop all of the arguments. A lot of people go, why did Cardi B sign? I heard this the other day. It blows my mind. They go, yo, why did Cardi B do this? Why this? It's so easy for y'all, guys, girls, or naysayers, rather, who want to talk about Cardi B this, Cardi B that. Cardi B did everything right that she could possibly control. Now, Cardi was a viral sensation. She did the love and hip-hop. She was putting out music. She was doing everything. And the sad reality is you fans that love Cardi B, the truth hurts, but y'all weren't there. Y'all didn't support her on Gangsta Bitch Music. Y'all definitely didn't support her on Gangsta Bitch Music too. Y'all were not. If y'all were, she could have pushed off signing. But y'all weren't there. Y'all were waiting for the hit record. Now, was Bodak Yellow Cardi B's first hit record? No. Not even close. The truth hurts is that y'all don't even know what her first hit record was. It was forever. It was huge. Go listen to it right now. Think about if Cardi B dropped that right now. You'd be like, it's a hit record. The song didn't get better. It's the same quality it always was. But the difference of everything is that there's a million, well, a billion dollar company now making sure that you can't avoid it. So Cardi did everything that she could and everything her team could do. Her manager, Shaft, booking agent, Jay, her DJ, Sparks, this is my people. Like, be clear. You got to be aware of the pieces that really make this shit work. Cardi did everything she could do to the best of their ability. So when y'all judge and y'all go, oh, she shouldn't have signed. Oh, she should have stayed independent. Oh, this was valuable. It's not true. Cardi did everything she could independently. They sold out a small tour. They did it city to city. Y'all think that Cardi has tons of records. She remixed records. Tons. I remember the first time when I heard Cardi do, jump on a remix. It was a Red Cafe record, Bad Bitch Alert. I still love it. Shot the Red Cafe, the whole shakedown. The record's amazing. If the record came out today, it's a different record. And the whole point of the matter is, is that I'm not talking about her doing over her verse. I'm talking about the identical same song. It's just at the end of the day, she's hotter. She's bigger. She has more fans, way more momentum. So everything feels different. Y'all are so hard on these artists. If y'all start supporting artists at an earlier point, they'll be more successful. The problem is, is that we don't buy into our artists. And by buy-in, I mean literally spend some fucking money. Not just like them and press double tap and comment and repost, which is very needed. But I mean spend some fucking money. All of y'all love Bodak Yellow, but if I really went into every y'all phone, how many of y'all really got it in the iTunes? You know? We got to support our artists, baby. There's a reason why these humongous pop stars are just demolishing the competition but again to get accurately against what's happening we got atlantic records monster label cardi b has this record called lick featuring offset the record's crazy but it was right when they signed and a little piece of information for some of y'all the music industry is not very different than any other company any other type of business it's like when you get onto a company and you're the new boss you don't want to take on any of the old stuff. That's why a lot of times when new bosses come in, they fire everybody. They basically kick off 
a bunch of the power staff, they keep a couple that they like, and then they restructure. So when Cardi B came to them with Lick, with Offset, they didn't know what to do at first, which was a hit record as well. Let's just, let's just be clear. Let's not confuse nothing. This girl is pumping out A1 quality music. And it has, it has, it has the Migos on it. Like, if she was whack, the Migos alone could heat that record up to a different size. But it's not the reality. I'm just, you know, let's just blow this out of proportion. Why didn't the record move? It didn't move not because of anything. The record's hard. Looking like I caught a lick. You get what I'm saying? The record's crazy. But there was no money behind it. Now, I'm going to give y'all something. Truth hurts again. We are all controlled by the labels. We are all controlled by payola and by money that's being paid behind the scenes. Me as well. But you especially. Because at least I know that I'm being controlled. Y'all still think that y'all are making y'all own decisions. I'll give you a little piece like this. Record labels pay a lot of money to make songs stay on radio. Now, they don't go, here, radio, here's $100. No. Here, DJ, here's $200. It doesn't really work like that all the time. There are some where that brown bag is flying. Hey. But the reality is, is that labels are spending money for people to harass and work songs to where that, that record keeps playing. That's why sometimes y'all hear like y'all local artists who got a hot ass song locally, plays on the radio two, three weeks, sometimes a month, and then all of a sudden it stops. And y'all go, what happened? The record didn't not get cool. It's not not hot anymore. It's the same fire you heard 30 days before. But there's no money behind it. It's illegal. It is. But what do we do? Like, you know, is it radio police? You know, I haven't heard about it. Is there a record, you know, record label, you know, FBI? Like is, is, like, is there anybody really, 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 really watching it? And there are people that watch it, but are they really watching it? Not even close. Enough of the fans aren't educated enough about how this works. That's what I really want to do week by week on this. Start exposing and just letting y'all know a lot more about really why things are working. So let's get back. You got the hottest guy in your streets. We're going to call him Black Hoodie. Black Hoodie is on firing the streets. Everybody in the street is rocking with him. But he's from a small area. Y'all need the radio to support it, right? You need the club DJs to support it, right? Everything is all cool. But it's doing what it can with very little. So you get it to the DJ. Mix Show is playing it. Mix Show on radio means where a DJ can play anything they want. So Mix Show is playing it. That's why y'all be hearing uh, DJs play live, where it's scratched in and played, and then another time you'll just hear the record start from the beginning to not. That's usually a rotation hour where someone's talking, and then there's a Mix Show where a DJ's scratching in. Cool. So there's a difference. But on Mix Show, you get your song on Mix Show, everything is all cool, the record's moving, and then you go, yo, what's really going on? Why did my guy's record not play no more? Why is this DJ not supporting it anymore? Why not? And the reality is... There was no bag. No bag. No money given. Nobody got it. No bag. And then all of a sudden the record cools down. Now, I hate this part of the game because it basically holds back artists that are dope enough to be on radio and dope enough to be hot, but that don't really have the push to really make it work. So then you go, I right, cool. So... What about the artists that we do hear? Now, artists that we do hear a lot, they don't like to say that they paid the bag because then you'll start knowing, like, wait a second, you're only on because you dropped money. Then you start to think, wait, 
do I really like this song? Am I, are they just pay, playing it so much? Is, did I get bored out? Now you start getting the problems that people don't want you to know. Because now all of a sudden it's like, am I really making a controlled decision? Am I not? And reality is, is that you're not. The second that you turn on that radio, you're not controlling what you like anymore. The second you turn on your radio, you're not controlling shit anymore. The labels make the decision for us. 95% of the songs you hear on radio are signed artists. Now, either we're just in the greatest luck ever or there's some consistency to this. How? How is it that every single song that's hot, ironically, are all about signed artists? How? It's very easy. The bag. Labels have it. They're banks. When you sign to a label, these big deals, one million, two million, your loan, it's a loan. Hey, Interscope, I'm worth $2 million. You can loan me that because you know that I'll make $2 million back for you. In this loan, plus the profit that you're going to make off of me, I'm asking you to give me $2 million to help market and promote me. Print my shit. Put me in the studio. Clear some records with some big features. That's what I need from you. Labels do it. So in turn, some of that money that you were given is then allocated to make sure you stay on the radio. Just a little bit of information for some of y'all to just understand why. Let's go back to the core. Why Forever wasn't on the radio every day, even though the record is fucking crazy. And why Bodak Yellow, we can't stop hearing it. Because Atlantic is making sure we do. Now, is one record better than the other? I would go on record right now to say that either record is not better than the other. They're just as fire as each other. I'm going on record with it. Bodak Yellow is fucking fire, and so is Forever. And so is Lick. I think Lick is probably like a non-five if those two attends. <coughs> but why is Bodak Yellow at one trillion spins and Forever is a cult-following record? The difference is the bag. So... Shout out to Atlantic for working hard because this is what the problem is, is that y'all get mad at the labels. I'm not one of these label-hating guys. I love the labels. I'd love to be on a label. I love it. Why? It's because you and your three friends are promoting a record. One is your manager, one is your DJ, one is your homeboy that's going to do your marketing, and another one of your boys is your PR. Fantastic, right? What if you had that times 10 in every single thing with specialists? Not just your homeboy that learns about promoting the record because, yo, I've seen how they promote it. What if your boy went to college for it and then got a master's and then understands what's going on and then has a big brand that is saying, I'm a part of this label. Let's insert Sony because I'm going to keep switching it up so no label feels isolated. They work for Sony. And now they go out to a networking event every single day and goes, hey, I work for Sony. I do marketing. And now you go out to marketing meetings and marketing networking events. And now you meet everybody in the culture that does marketing. So now your rep at Sony who does marketing now knows the marketing at Coca-Cola, the marketing at Nike, the marketing at Levi. Let's make it up. We can go on and on and on. Your project will probably become better. You'll probably get free clothes, free sneakers, and whatever the fuck is my first example uh, of the first year. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy, but it's obvious. It became so cool to shit on labels. I don't want to be signed to a label. You know who started pushing those narratives? Let me be honest with y'all for a second. You know who started pushing those narratives? It was people and signed artists at the end of the day who were really big and then... They stopped. It's usually our favorite artists that cool down. <laughs> I guess the truth hurts. Artists like 
Jim Jones, Fat Joe, uh, Jadakiss, a lot of these artists that cool down. The reason why they cool down is not off of quality of music. It's because their fan base got older. And when you get older, you care about different shit. So when they were 22 and all they gave a fuck about was a D-Block mixtape or a Terror Squad mixtape, that was fantastic. But now when that same person is 30 and they got to worry about their wife or their husband and their son or their daughter, their career, their job, and their landlord that's fucking harassing them for the rent, they're not going to be able to be as supportive of their artists as they once were. Just simple math. Fuck trying to make an artist seem like they're not as good. When you get older, your fans grow with you. Uzi Vert. He's the number one kid right now. 21 years old. I think, you know, most of his fans are 22, 23. Everything is great. In seven years, he's going to be 30. Or, you know, let, let's just, in a couple years, because I don't know the numbers, in a couple of years, he's going to be 30. All of his fans are going to be 30. They're going to start caring about his music less. Did he get whack? Is he going to get whack? Is he not going to make quality music? Not even close. The kid's a fucking artistic genius. We love it. But when you get older... Your fans care less. That's why they always say rap is a young man's game. So now I'll make this connect full circle. The artists that lose fan impact uh, over time, they start going, well, I don't need the label to help position me because the label will position me with marketing, uh, marketing plans, uh, promotional plans that as a seasoned artist, you don't need as much anymore. So you go, let me go independent because I don't need the push as much. And the problem is, is that a lot of labels can still help these artists uh, last longer and put them in positions where they can stay on the top. But a lot of our seasoned artists just don't like splitting that bag anymore and they want to go independent. So the generation under us came up here and, yo, uh, major labels ain't shit. It's bad for you. It fucks up your career. Stay independent. Do what you do. Don't sign. And they heard all of this. And now they want to control their career. It's fantastic. Let's be clear. Independent is beautiful. But there is a ceiling. That's all I just want people to understand. I'm not knocking independence. I'm not knocking majors. But just understand. In one world, there is a ceiling. And in another world, there isn't. A major label and a, and a, and a small team cannot be compared to unless you walk that fine line of independence like a chance the rapper who from time to time gets apple involved and from time to time does some shit you know what i mean where he has these huge concerts these huge brands are pushing it and then that's just being but but chances is a unicorn in this whole thing i don't like to use one or two people as the exceptions to the rule and then everyone bases their whole life on an exception it's just not realistic you get what i'm saying it's not it's just not real. You get what I'm saying? If you're seven feet, you should be a power forward or a center. Don't just say because KD shoots threes that you should be, you know what I mean, shooting threes because of the one exception. You get what I'm saying? That's just, it's just reality to this whole thing. Um, but that's just a little peeking again, you know, just a little peeking. I'm not mad at it. I just, I, I, I think that that was, that's something that is the biggest issue to me. Everybody just want to talk about independent major, which is better, which is not. And I just think at the end of the day, we just got to look at it where it works for some people and some people it doesn't. I want to make sure that um, I'm on board with everything I'm, I'm, I'm tapping on. You know what I mean? Um, another very important thing, now I look back because I got notes. I'm getting used to this whole podcast thing, you know, getting it in. One of the biggest things that make it different when you are independent versus when you are major is the team. See... What I want to tap on a lot in this podcast is how to do things. Like, I'm going to inform you about it, but then how to attack it. 
You got to make sure that your team is right. Make sure that every single person in your circle has an identity, has some type of vision, you know. Usually the front runner in every team is the star. Usually they're the most creative. Usually they're sometimes the smartest, sometimes the quickest because they're in the front. But you got a team and you got to be able to um, utilize some of your friends' talents to the best of your ability. You got to understand that everybody in your circle has some type of worth. You have to understand that the genius in this whole thing is not accomplishing it, but it's like, how do you make your team strong enough to where that the win becomes easier for you? Because if you get an easier win, then you become a lot more accessible to your team. If someone's around you and uh, your friend is now your manager or however you want to call it, if you pop, your friend is now the manager of uh, superstar artist. And now your friend is a, is a uh, accredited manager. So you've put your team in position to win. But your team, your, your team has to also put you the, in the position to win. It's a very unique situation. They kind of set you up to win for the big, gigantic win. And once you get the big, gigantic win, you can pull anybody and their mother up um, to that finish line. So I just want you all to understand choosing who's around you, uh, understanding the power of your circle is so important. Like literally understanding who is around you? What is their strengths? You know, you got to sometimes take in, if one of your boys, one of your homegirls, however it is, they take the best selfies, they're probably a fantastic photographer. It sounds so simple, but take that phone out, invest in and get a real camera. What about your friends sometimes that always look at videos and be like, ew, this video is whack. Maybe they think it's whack because they have some type of director or producer in them. You know what I mean? Someone that goes, oh, this song is whack, or your one friend that always knows it's going to be that hit record, maybe they got a little A&R inside of them. You got to start learning how to apply the skill set for your team and understand how this can come together for the bigger win. You also, in that same exact breath, learn how to cut the fucking cancer off. Like if someone's dragging you down, you got meetings and they always show up late or you trying to link and they never with it. They don't want to sacrifice. Uh, something's in the way. Cut that shit the fuck off. Because you as a person and as an artist and as a brand, I'd almost guarantee is not strong enough to carry yourself fully yet. So goddamn, to carry someone else's weight is probably going to be bananas. Like, I, you know, I see it all the time. Um, artists switch management and then all of a sudden they just pop. You get what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's real. All the time, you see, you see artists that are signed to a label, then they go to another label, then all of a sudden they pop. We've watched this happen. And it's not, it's not sometimes like, oh shit, that was the better one. Sometimes it's about them just understanding there is a power in cutting people. Just as valuable as this is in drafting some new energy to your team and getting that new muscle and getting those new faces and new energy and new vibe is just as valuable to cut off and take that fat off and get it out of your circle. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm fake inspiring. I'm just being real real. You know, like I've lost a lot of friends in this. Some of my closest friends are not around me no more because they weren't ready to sacrifice. And I'm just not in the business of putting a friendship ahead of everyone's life. Because if I don't win at what I'm trying to do, then a lot of people around me don't win as well. So I'm not going to put my one friend here that slows me down or always argues about what time we got to get up or, or 
us doing shit that we're not getting paid for. I mean, I don't know. It's endless. I don't have time to nurture that. Because if I do, my other seven people that depend on me, they don't move. Cut people to fuck off. It's important. You know, you just got to cut them off. I, 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 I got um, to really understand the importance of, of just knowing your circle. I think that's what it is. The truth hurts. Know your circle. Learn them. See who's good and see who's bad. But make sure that you stand the fuck up and just get ready to cut people off. It's valuable. It sounds so cold. But the coldest people make it the farthest. The coldest people in this culture make it the farthest because they don't care about emotion. This is not a world of emotion. This is a world of millisecond decisions. You're taking this booking. You're doing this feature. You're getting up to go to that club. You know what I mean? It, it changes. You got you to gotta watch it. There's some artists in this game to where I've literally watched them win just because they put themselves in predicaments to where that they're most likely to succeed all the time. They're always at the right party. They're always in the right studio session. They're always shaking the right hand. They're always in the right picture. Why? It's because they're there putting up shots. And it's so important. So many artists and people, they stay home and they complain and they're mad about, yo, this is not working for me. Nobody wants to help. What have you done to help elevate that? I meet so many artists where the first thing is, let me get an interview. Yo, Punch, please, let me get an interview. And I always ask them, why? What the fuck did you do to deserve an interview? Who cares about you? Who? Sometimes they get defensive. I see right there they're not built for this culture. Ask me who gives a fuck about me. I'll tell you. I know my demographic. I know what percentages they on. I know when they on Instagram, when they on Facebook. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know who I'm talking to. I understand it. Some of you artists, y'all don't know what the fuck is going on, and y'all going to suffer for it. And y'all going to lose. And y'all feel like y'all losing now. Y'all going to continue and continue to lose. Because you're not aware of how to win. It's, it, it, it sounds so simple, but I'm just being authentic with it. Y'all got to get your followers right. You got to get some form of direction to where you're going. Like Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty, uh, Playboy Cardi, Extentacion. No matter if you think that these guys are the dopest guys on the planet, if you hate them. So I know people that just hate the new artists. I mean, for whatever reason you hate them, I, I hear you. But what you got to understand is that these artists are in the position that they are in for one simple reason. They know who they're talking to. A lot of our, our favorite artists, man, I'm going to tell you like this. I know for a fact a lot of our artists do not know who they're speaking to. They don't know what fans are there. They're just shooting in the air. Some of the guys that, that are 40-year-old rappers, I still see them running around with, with you know what I mean, uh, streetwear T-shirts. I see about with the newest Jordans. You know, like, we got to take a page. Let me learn it. The best thing that Sean Carter, Jay-Z, ever did was just be himself and let it happen. He grew the fuck up. Facts. I love it. Jay-Z is not Jay-Z from two years ago. Fuck it. Jay-Z's not even Kingdom Come Jay-Z. That is why Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of our time. It's because he continued to grow the fuck up. Some of you rappers that are almost the same age as Hov, some of y'all, maybe one or two of y'all might even be older, 
and I still hear niggas making trendy huda 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 raps. Like, that's for my young guys, bro. You get me? Like, that's for the young boys. You know what I mean? The young bulls. Like, however you are, that's for them. Dress how you should. Shout out to Nas. Always looking how the fuck he's supposed to. Every single time we see Nas, he keeping it cool. Some of our other OGs, they're missing what's happening. We don't want to see you look like our little brothers. Be you. Let that music speak from your angle. The reason why we love Hov is because Hov is teaching us what it's like when you got that big bag and you got that wife. He teaches us when you fuck up on your wife. He teaches us what you're supposed to do with your paper. He's teaching us shit about what's happening to him. The reason why we love 21 Savage is because now we know what's happening in the fucking trap in Atlanta. The reason why I love YG is because I know what's going on in Bompton. Now, now I know Bompton. Before Snoop told us about Compton, now I know what's going on in Bompton. I know what's happening with all of the Bloods and fucking Compton and CPT, all of that. I know what's going on because of YG. And that's why we love them. Rappers, artists, you must be yourself. You must grow it yourself. The truth hurts. Act your age. Look your age. It got to stop. Like, seriously. It really, 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 really got to stop. You're fucking up the culture. You're allowing the young niggas to be like, ah, oh, that's too old. Look at y'all niggas looking like me. I'm telling you, man, one of my OGs is going to appear with colored dreads, and I'm going to fucking lose it. You know, let the niggas do what the fuck they do. I love it. Lil Pump got pink dreads. Fuck it, nigga, you got pink dreads. That's what the fuck he want to do. He's 20 years old. Let him live. Let all the young niggas live. I love it. See, this is how I look at it. And y'all going to hear me speak on this every single time. I look at rap. as I look at music as two different things. There are artists and there are entertainers. And these niggas are entertaining, man. They want to fucking entertain. Let them entertain. If you're going to be an artist and you're going to be a rapper and rap and rap, 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 I love it. I love bars. I came up with that cloth. But that does not mean because I know bars that I can't have a motherfucking little bit of fun. You know what I mean? Shout out to the young guys. The truth hurts. Y'all are going to keep winning. And the truth hurts is that y'all are making a lot of old niggas mad. And that's why they trying to be y'all and trying to sound like y'all. And it's messing up the culture. For new artists, learn from all of this. Don't be the guy that wants to put his hand under the hot water just to see how it feels. Learn. Be yourself. Be your block. Be your city. Like, I want to know what's going on in the Midwest. I want to hear more guys from the Detroit. Yo, Hove said it the best. He loved T Grizzly because he believed T Grizzly. T Grizzly's from what Joy Road or whatever. Joy Road, bitch, right? He from there, wherever he from in Detroit. He telling us what's going on in Detroit. A lot of us was like, yo, what the fuck happened to the beat when it speeds up? But that's how Detroit sounds. And we loved it. And he was himself. Listen to no effort. The records are the same. He's being himself. And those artists will continue to win for the rest of their career because they're not switching up. And I love it. And salute to everybody being themselves. But that's just a little advice coming from me. And if you don't know who I am, then you're fucking up already. But just know, man, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And this is the truth hurts. It's a podcast. I'm going to talk. I'm going to let it go. Sending your questions, sending everything. Just so with me. We're going to get him to talk a little bit more every single week. I'm not mad at it. But it's there. Just let's talk about it, man. If it's on your mind and you want to know and you want to really understand, like, yo, why is this like this? Tell the one I'll know. And if I don't know, I'll make the phone call to get the answer for you. 
I'm the plug to the net. You know who I am, man. Let's punch, man. <laughs>